thank you for tuning in to Conroe United Pentecostal Church today. We pray that this podcast is a blessing to you. If there is ever anything we can do for you, please email admin at conroeupc.org. Aren't you thankful that he still calls and he still leads and he still guides us and he will never stop. Stand with me this morning. Amen. It is Pentecost Sunday, as I have said, and I've come today believing that we will experience the power of Pentecost in our service this morning. Can anybody say amen and agree with me? Amen. I believe that. I believe that. Acts chapter two, verse number one. We can quote it, we can shout to it, and we can sheer run to it. And I hope before we leave here today, we have felt the power, the power that was felt on that first day of Pentecost in that upper room where people gathered, where they prayed, where they fasted, in the middle of their worry, in the middle of their doubt, but the fire fell from heaven. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, the fire still falls. Amen. The fire still falls and may that fire fall in our church today. May we be consumed with the fire of Pentecost because the fire of Pentecost is not a date. It is not a prayer meeting. It is not a church. It is not a religion. It's not a denomination. It is the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our life. And I need that power in my life. There's, there's some things that I can't make it on my own that I need to rely on his spirit that will lead me through. Acts chapter 2, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire and it set upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and it did not stop there because scripture says and they began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance I'm thankful for the gift of the Holy Ghost this morning Holy Ghost sounds scary to some people that haven't been coming around the church for a long time. So I'll say it for the new people that still are feeling out the Pentecostals. I'm thankful for the gift of the Holy Spirit, for his spirit in me. Christ in you is the hope of glory. And the only way I get Christ in me is to get his spirit in in me. And when his spirit gets in me, his nature gets in me. And when his nature gets in me, my nature leaves and I become a new creature. That's why repentance is a powerful thing because at repentance, I choose to be a better person knowing that I cannot be who I'm called to be by myself. But at repentance, I yield my control back to God. And through repentance, he washes my sins away and my sins being absent from my body leaves a void that only his spirit can fill. There is a God-sized void and each and every person in this room today and there is a God-sized void and all of the billions of people on this earth this morning and that void can be filled 
Maybe it's been filled, but it can be refilled this morning. I believe it's the will of the Lord for every person under the sound of my voice today to get filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit afresh again all over this morning. If you've never spoken with tongues, you don't have anything to be afraid of. It is the power of Christ at work in my life. And it is just the initial evidence of me being saved. That doesn't mean I stay saved, but it is the evidence of which I am saved. And then I can continue on my life. You can be seated this morning. We are not saved by works, Scripture says, lest any man should boast. But when we get to heaven, we will be judged according to our works. Isn't that crazy? My works can't save me, but my works can send me to hell. That is crazy. Why is that? Because at the point of salvation, what I used to do, I no longer do. At the point of salvation, what I used to depend on, I no longer depend on. I had somebody come to me this morning and say, pray for me. I need delivered from something. Let me tell you, you are in the right place today. God can deliver you. I still believe that God is a deliverer. Just like he delivered the Hebrew boys out of that fire. Just like he delivered the children of Israel out of the hands of the Egyptians. Just like he delivered them out of that desert of which they wandered around for 40 years. He delivered them into the promised land. And just this week was a major milestone in not just political science history, but in the history of the world that Jerusalem has been recognized as the eternal, eternal capital of the Jewish state, not the nation of Israel as we know it with borders, but the Jewish people and God's chosen people which who, who were set apart in the Old Testament. It still lives on today, and I'm thankful that we have seen these current events happen this week. Pentecost is something that scares a lot of people. My parents were meeting with someone a few weeks ago, and they said, you know, We've been coming to church, and we've told our friends that we're going to a Pentecostal church. And they say, oh, my goodness, what are you doing? And they say, oh, we're just playing with snakes. We're just playing with snakes. Just to scare their friends, amen. And that's funny, but Pentecostals, true Pentecostals, don't play with snakes. Everybody say amen. amen. This old boy ain't going to play with a snake. If I'm playing with a snake, it's a dead snake, and it's because I'm digging a hole for it to just rot in, Amen. Pentecost really isn't even about speaking in other tongues. Pentecostals today are known... As the holy rollers, Pentecostals are known as those who speak with other tongues. There are religious organizations or denominations. There are affiliations of ministers. There are a vast array. There are many plethoras of the apostolic movement, which is signified by the birth of Pentecost, the birth of the church, who and who identify with the plan of salvation being outlined that Peter preached in Acts chapter 2. There are many flavors of that. Amen. Even just a few months ago, a college football player won the national championship. I believe he was from Alabama, even though I hate that team and my mother loves them but he recognized that at the first half of that game he was losing and he went in and he prayed and he told the media I spoke in other tongues in my prayer everybody is now filled with the gift of the spirit in one form or the other they might not live a consecrated life as scripture has outlined but everybody it is becoming mainstream uh, the power of Pentecost and the power of the gift of the Holy Spirit living in us because we as a society are recognizing even more so this week in Houston uh, that we cannot make it on ourselves by ourselves we must uh, have the help of the Holy Spirit in our life 
Yet the word Pentecost has nothing to do with speaking in tongues. That's what we think today because of the things that I've just outlined. But Pentecost, where it started, was nothing about speaking in tongues and demonstrative worship. The literal definition of Pentecost is a Greek word that means 50. Everybody say 50. It means 50. It means 50. It can be found, the first reference of the Feast of Pentecost, which led up to the day of Pentecost, one of the first references, there's some references found in Exodus, but the very first thorough reference of Pentecost or the Feast of Pentecost can be found in Leviticus chapter 23, verses 15 through 16. Then ye shall count unto you from the morrow after the Sabbath. This is Moses talking. He's delivering that which the Lord hath already commanded him to deliver to the children of Israel. He said, you shall count unto you from tomorrow after the Sabbath. So the, the day that we would be... Uh, the day that we would call Sunday, because the Jewish Sabbath would be on a Saturday or the uh, seventh day of the week, amen? Because in Genesis, the Lord created the earth in six days, and on the seventh day, God rested, amen? There's a lot of talk about the Sabbath. A lot of people, just a side note, say that we shouldn't worship on the Sabbath. We shouldn't worship on the seventh day of the week. We shouldn't do that uh, 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 as far as the non-Jewish people on Sundays, because Sunday is... Uh, the Sabbath, but to which I want to say, if we can't worship on the seventh day of the week, then why did God resurrect himself from the grave on the seventh day of the week? And then why Pentecost, the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 was a Sunday, 50 days after after Easter, after Passover was the resurrection. So I say to those who get mad about the Christians today worshiping on Sunday, if God can resurrect himself and fill us with his spirit in the book of Acts, on a Sunday, then surely I can recognize every Sunday that I live as the day that I will serve God because he has served us. That's just a little side note there. You shall count unto you from the morrow after the Sabbath, from the day that you brought the sheaf of the wave offering. Seven Sabbaths shall be complete. So seven weeks shall be complete, even unto the morrow after the seventh Sabbath. So the day after the seventh week. Seven times seven is 49, 49. So the day after the 49th day would be the 50th day unto the Sabbath shall ye number 50 days and ye shall offer a new meat offering unto the Lord. That is Pentecost in the Old Testament. And ye shall offer a new meat offering refers to what we would come to know as the Feast of Pentecost. Why? Because uh, at, at, at Passover, there was, the, there was the Feast of the Leavened Bread where they would eat bread only for a period of time and then they would make sacrifices and then uh, after those sacrifices, they would reap a harvest and then after that harvest uh, would be 50 days and then there would be the Feast of Pentecost uh, because some of you that live on a diet for your whole life until the Lord comes back, you recognize uh, that a few days with only bread and water, after that you're ready to feast. Uh, and the church said amen. So we have the Feast of Pentecost. And that might be why so many Pentecostals like to eat today. Who knows? Uh, it might just be God's just his sense of humor today, just, uh, just playing with us, having fun with us. But to fully appreciate Pentecost and understand Pentecost, we must first go back to the children of Israel being enslaved 
and Egypt under the oppressive rule of Pharaoh because that is really where Pentecost came from. Pentecost comes from Passover, and what does Passover come from? I'm glad you asked. Let's have a little history lesson. Exodus chapter 12, verses 12 through 14. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, this is the Lord speaking, and will smite all of the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. For I am the Lord, and the blood of the sacrificed lamb shall be for a token upon the house of where you are or the houses that you live in. And when I see the blood sprinkled or splattered or rubbed or smeared on the doorpost of your house, I will pass over you and the plague shall not destroy you. It shall not come upon you and destroy you. What is this plague? This was the plague of death. This was the last of the plagues where the Lord had been working on Pharaoh and sending all the plagues. And the Lord finally said, this is enough. This is enough. Uh, This is enough. And so he instituted the Passover. And then the Lord went on to say, when I smite the land of Egypt and this day shall be unto you for a memorial. Hence, Passover happens every year because it is a memorial and you shall keep it a feast to the to the Lord throughout your generations you shall keep it a feast by an ordinance forever this isn't just something that the Lord was recommending this was an ordinance this was a command this was a de- this was a decree from the heavens to his man leading his chosen people that you shall do this and as long as you live under the shed blood of an innocent lamb I will not come in and destroy you fast forward to Calvary and Jesus Christ it represents the blood of the lamb he was the sacrificial lamb so that you and I today as long as we live under the blood of the lamb that's uh, why I'm thankful for the blood as long as his blood is applied to my life I do not have to worry about destruction uh, no matter what happens in this world I might be uh, destroyed but if I be destroyed uh, so be it I may be destroyed for the cause of Christ Isn't it beautiful living for the Lord that if I die, great, I die and go to heaven. But if I live, I I live another day to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why I love the perspective of Paul and his teachings and writings to the churches in the New Testament and to the church of 2018 that no matter what we faced, we win. Why? Because Jesus Christ shed his blood. He was the only spotless person, the only sinless man, so it took the sinless or the spotless blood to purge our sins so that we can live in freedom. I've come to tell you today, I am thankful for the blood. I'm thankful, I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus Christ that has been applied to my life. The sacrificial blood of a lamb being applied on the doorpost of those Israeli children living in an Egyptian land saved their houses it saved the firstborn son but it also saved the firstborn of the cattle it would save the eldest sons from being killed by the death angel exodus 20 12 and 23 says this for the lord will pass through to smite the egyptians aren't you thankful that god just takes care of your battles 
When we find ourselves enslaved in fear, when we find ourselves enslaved by circumstances that are out of our control, we can rest assured that the Lord will fight our battles for us. Somebody today just ought to lift your hands and give the Lord a wave offering and say, thank you, Jesus, uh, for fighting on my behalf. I might not have the strength or the ability to make it on my own. I I might not have the strength or the ability to control my tongue and not respond uh, when people come against me. Uh, But then I can look back and remember that your word says you will fight for me. Isn't that a good God that we serve? It's his love that causes that. I will smite the Egyptians and when he seeth the blood Upon the lintel and on the two side posts, the Lord will pass over. He will pass over the door. Sometimes it's good to be passed over. Have you ever felt passed over in life? This isn't in my notes, but we're just having fun today. Have you ever felt like something, uh, an opportunity at work just passed you over? Have you ever felt like something in life just, well, well it just got past me and I didn't, I, I, I just missed out. I got passed over. We ought to be thankful for the things that pass over us. We ought to be thankful for the things that God does not do in our life. Amen. For if he did what we deserved, we would not be here today. If he did what we deserved, we would not have the hope of tomorrow with him and spending eternity with him in heaven. But he does not do what we think and we do not get what we deserve because of the Passover. So let me hurry up before I take two hours and then you don't want to come back tonight to hear Brother Stevenson. The, The Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come in unto your house to smite you. So here's a summary of Passover that leads to Pentecost. The summary of the events that happened at Passover, there's four, but I just want to talk about three this morning. The Israelites sacrificed a lamb that was without blemish. Number two, they ate the body of the lamb, and then they used the blood of the lamb to save their lives. The third point, which we will not talk about today, would be the fast of the leavened bread, all of that. Number three, or number four, but number three for us today would be the Israelites gained, <clears throat> excuse me, gained their freedom from slavery as a result of the Passover. So from what I can see, and I think what we can see makes sense through Scripture, is that all four or all three of these events are foreshadowings of the sacrifice of Jesus. When I read the New Testament, it all points to Calvary. Every, everything that I read in the New Testament points to Calvary. We were teaching, I was, well, uh, uh, I was privileged to speak in Monday Night Bible Study a few weeks ago, and it's always a challenge because they go deep, 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 and I'm not a deep, deep guy. I mean, I, I'm going about as deep as I can go with you this morning, and they ask some very deep questions and all of this stuff. Uh, but we got to talking about this, and I just got to, I, 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 just, I just got to talking about just, just following the pathway of God's love and how thankful for I am that I live in this dispensation for if I had been under the old covenant my sins were not washed away but they were rolled forward but thanks be to God that I live under this dispensation of grace by grace through faith am I saved that not am I saved according to my works but I am saved according to the blood of the lamb and the blood that he shed 
wipes away all sins, past, present, and future that will ever take place. He, he took on sin. He was not sin. He never did sin, but he took on the guilt, the shame, and the burden of all the sin for all of humanity so that we can be with him forever in paradise. Streets of gold, pearly gates, no more sorrow, no more cancer, no more confusion, no more heartache, just me and Jesus, just me and the angels, just me and Peter, just me and Paul, just me and you and your lost loved ones who will be saved and your saved loved ones who have already gone on to meet their reward. I am thankful for the blood. Oh, I better, I better calm down this morning. I'm thankful for the blood. I'm thankful for Jesus was a lamb without blemish. He was the lamb without blemish. First John chapter three. Now let's go to the old test, excuse me, to the new Testament. First John three and five. And ye know that he was manifested to take away our sins. He being Jesus uh, manifested. He was born of a virgin. He was manifested in the flesh. Uh, the son of God, God robed in flesh, uh, God with us, Emmanuel came uh, and he was manifested to take away our sins. He did not come to heal and give peace parables even though he did and we are thankful for that because it is also that nature of God that is wrapped in the Holy Spirit God's nature that lives in us that allows us to see miracle signs and wonders today but we live not according to miracle signs and wonders we live to see Jesus and how I see Jesus is his blood being applied to my life we know that Jesus was manifested to take away our sins and in him was no sin and Jesus was no sin Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 says, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we are tempted, yet without sin. Well, we can bring it forward to 2018. He was 100% man and 100% God. He was God robed in flesh. He was deity with skin, but he had every temptation that you and I had faced. He had the temptation to sin because he was man also, but he knew that if he did partake in sin, there would no, uh, 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 there could be no bloodshed for our sins, uh, which would mean there would be no way for you and I to be in communion and in relationship with Jesus Christ. That's why I'm thankful. I'm thankful that God robed himself in flesh. Since Jesus uh, did not have any sin, he was able to be the spiritual Passover, the new covenant Passover. And this is also why John said in John chapter 1, verse 29, the next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. This is why we don't believe in three gods, but we believe in one God. There was not, there's not a triune Godhead. There was one God who was above all, through all, and in us all, and his name is Jesus. 
Paul said in Colossians, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Jesus is God. Jesus is the Son. Jesus is the Holy Spirit. God is uh, all these three in one. Let me tell you who Jesus is, is what the old song says. Christ alone, uh, cornered stone. Through him, the weak made strong. Uh, Through him, blind eyes are open. But also through him, uh, the dead can live again through the gift of his spirit uh, living in him. That means uh, through him, the unrighteousness that used to live in me is no more because I have the nature and the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Uh, Yes, I can sin. Uh, Yes, I can choose to walk away. It's not a once saved, always saved theology, but it is a theology that says uh, you cannot go too far from him, uh, that he cannot reach you. Uh, You cannot mess up too big uh, to where his blood cannot be applied uh, to your life. Uh, Can somebody stand to your feet? I feel the Holy Ghost in this room uh, right now, and can you thank him uh, for the resurrection that happened in your life for, for he was for he he died for our sins he was buried in the tomb and he resurrected on the third day and I died to myself at repentance I am buried with him in the waters of baptism and I am resurrected as a new creature with the gift of his holy spirit living in me that is evidenced by speaking in other tongues the gift of salvation Whoa, I feel like having church. Uh, you ought to give God praise. We're not talking about miracles, uh, but you can surely shout about the blood of Jesus. For some of us were sinners, uh, but by the grace of God, uh, for such were some of you, uh, but you were washed. Uh, you were regenerated uh, by the blood of Jesus Christ. So that today we can live and we can feel what we feel in this room today. I just believe that somebody's going to get their miracle today. I believe that somebody's going to get the gift of the Holy Ghost today. Sit down. We we got a ways to go. We got a ways to go. I'm, I'm just playing with you right now. Just playing with you. Jesus is the only person who's never sinned. Therefore, he is the only person who was able to be our Passover lamb. Jesus represented the body and the blood of the lamb that we read about in Exodus chapter 12. That was a foreshadowing of what Jesus Christ would do and should do for us. The Israelites ate the body of the Passover lamb. And then, as we read, they used the blood on the doorpost. And that signified to the death angel that as the death angel flew over, that the blood had been applied to their life. Likewise, during the crucifixion, Jesus offered up his own body and his own blood as our spiritual Passover lamb. This is why Jesus commanded the disciples in Matthew chapter 26 to take and eat the bread which is my body. It was the fulfillment of prophecy and the fulfillment of the plan of God. This was the beginning of redemption. This mirrors the children of Israel eating the body of the lamb, which was the beginning process for salvation and death not coming to their family. Likewise, the blood of Jesus was shed so that our sins today... Everybody say, thank you, Jesus, so that our sins may be forgiven.
And if our sins are forgiven, what can man do to us? For there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. That's why you ought to not let your past get to you. Because the blood of Jesus has been applied to my life. Uh, therefore, I am not in Trent Smith, but I live and breathe in Christ. and uh, him, I move and breathe and find my life uh, is what the New Testament says. And it doesn't say that by accident. Freedom from slavery. It was Passover for the, for the children of Israel that led or that paved the pathway for them to leave, be delivered from the bondage of Pharaoh. It was the Passover which laid the framework for Israel to be freed from slavery. And I'll just go ahead and get a little political today, and I'll say it's that same Passover that keeps that nation protected today. We don't like to talk about that, especially we, don't want, we sure don't want to talk about that outside the walls of these church, amen. Some of us uh, pay close attention to the media. Some of us work real close with the media, and so we, gotta, we have to be very careful with all of this, amen. And even the church today, we have to be careful what we say because everything we say, there are cameras pointing at me today on phones and iPads, and this will be uploaded to a podcast, and it can be under scrutiny, so we have to be careful. But we also must be careful to not be too careful that we stray away from God's word and we recognize that he will always protect his people. And if he will protect the chosen people that he delivered out of the hand of Pharaoh, how much more will he protect his people who recognize him as the coming Messiah, as our comforter, whose blood has been applied to our life? He will protect us. No, Come what may, no matter what comes towards me, I can stand assured that God will protect me and God will fight my battles. Why? Because he died for me. It was a Passover which laid the framework for Israel to be freed from slavery. And it is the shedding of Jesus' blood that allows us the opportunity to be free from sin. And are you thankful that you can live a life free from sin today? Oh, that doesn't mean we're always successful, but it means we have the opportunity. Why? Because we have a high priest in Christ Jesus uh, who made it possible that when he died on the cross, the veil was split in two. And that was not just a, a sheet that stood in front of the holiest of holies. Uh, but history says, and theologians say, uh, that that curtain was so thick that, the, that, that they could tie 12 of the strongest Roman horses on each side of that veil or that sheet or that curtain. Uh, and the strong as war horses of the day could not tear the veil but what man can't undo God can undo that's why I don't have to live under the consequences of sin because Jesus is powerful his blood is strong enough it's strong enough not just to forgive my sins but scripture says he washes my sins away as far as the east is from the west that means he forgets it that means it is forever settled in heaven that I can be free we can be free because of his blood John chapter 8 verse 34 through 36 says this Jesus answered I got to hurry Jesus answered and said to them verily verily I say unto you whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin we can relate to that because we've all committed sins and we've all been a slave to sin and the servant abideth not in the house 
forever. But the Son of God, Jesus Christ, abideth forever. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, then you are free indeed. Look at your neighbor and say, indeed. 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 I am free indeed. I am free. It doesn't matter what people say about, uh, it doesn't matter what people say about me. It doesn't matter what people accuse me of. I, I have the blood of Jesus Christ applied to my life uh, and I love everybody, but I don't have time for everybody's talk and I don't have time for the opinions of everybody and you shouldn't either. You should live your life uh, according to God's blood and plan and direction for your life uh, and recognize that if he be for you, who could ever be against you? The Son, therefore, shall make you free. You shall be free indeed. The disciples had no clue what Jesus was saying right here. They had no clue. They had no clue what was about to happen. They had no clue. Jesus is the Son of God. There is but one God. Deuteronomy 6 and 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, one Lord, one Lord, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Jesus is God. Let there be no confusion that Jesus is God. When we get to heaven, there will not be three thrones. There will not be God in the center, Jesus on the right, the Holy Spirit on the left. No, that would mean that there's some dysfunction. That would mean that there's some chaos. Jesus is God, and in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead. Therefore, according to his death, we now have the opportunity To live free from sin. That's why Jesus was also able to tell the woman at the well. Remember the lady who was about to be stoned? He looked at her accusers and said, those of you who have not sinned, you can cast the first stone. Well, what happened? They dropped the stones and they fled because conviction had set in their heart. And then Jesus turned and looked at her. He said, go and sin no more. And if he could tell that to her, that means it's possible for you and I in 2018 to go and sin no more. That doesn't mean it's easy. That doesn't mean there won't be difficult days. That won't. That doesn't mean that after we're saved, the old temptation, the, uh, the temptation to drink the things we used to drink, uh, to go the places we used to go, the where, to wear the things we used to wear, say the words we used to say. It doesn't mean that those temptations won't come to us, but it does mean that we have the ability through the blood of Jesus uh, to stay saved. And let me encourage us today, since I'm moving a little slow, that when we get saved, we need to leave the old things behind us. Let me just say that nicely. But let me also tell the saved church folks that if you see a new baby slip up and make a mistake, whether you see it in person or this crazy thing we call social media, we don't need a bunch of saviors and a bunch of little Jesuses going around trying to fix things. Give it to God and let God fix it. For such were some of you. Such were some of you. I would a whole lot rather correct and help and disciple a new believer than have to drag a bunch of old believers who are believers in name only along and say, come on, we can have a revival. We can. I'm glad we're having some of the problems we're having right now. I'm glad that some of us get uncomfortable when we see some of the things we're seeing right now. Why? Because that means the redemptive blood at Jesus is alive and at work in our community. Oh, 
Some of you need to just get with me right now. Come on, think about what I'm thinking about. We might see things that we don't like. We might see things around the church that we don't agree with that might be contrary to God's word, but that does not mean the church is going backwards. That just means the church has an outstretched hand and we are seeking to offer the hope of Jesus Christ to the hopeless, to the addicted, to the adulteress, to the fornicator, to the homosexual, to the thief, to the liar. Oh, come on. If the blood of Jesus Christ is good enough for me, the blood of Jesus Christ is good enough for all. That's the power of Pentecost. The power of Pentecost meant that you did not have to be a Jew to be saved. You did not have to have the bloodline of the Jewish people to be saved. And I do not have that lineage, but I still have the blood of Jesus applied to my life because of the outpouring of the gift of the Spirit. Oh, come on, somebody give God praise this morning. Let me just say this one thing, and then I'll move off of this. Uh, We don't need any friendly fire around the church. We don't need any friendly fire around the church. Uh, We don't need any new babies assassinated or cannibalized because old believers see things that we don't like. Uh, You you might not like it, and I might not like it, uh, but you didn't get delivered in year one either. It took you three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven years to get delivered. Uh, And it might take these new babies that long to get delivered too. Uh, As long as they get delivered, uh, I'm happy. Uh, As long as they're taking steps uh, in the right direction, I am one happy preacher. Oh, I better move on. I better move on. Main idea. That means I'm getting close to the end. That's what it means in my notes. Got 15 minutes. It was just a few chapters after this in John chapter 8 where Jesus said that if you are free, you are free indeed. It was just a few chapters after that. When he began speaking to the disciples about his death, burial, resurrection, and ultimately his ascension into glory. And still they had no clue because they were like you and I. They were men. They were not God. Jesus said this in John 14, 1 through 5. This is what we hear at funerals. But it's really not a funeral passage of scripture it's a redemptive passage of scripture let not your heart be troubled he that means that he was speaking to some worry warts that means he was speaking to some people who were ignorant of their surroundings and although they trusted Jesus as a minister and as a man they had not yet received the revelation that Jesus is our Messiah he said let not your heart be troubled you believe in God believe also in me Hello, there was but one God. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would not be telling you this stuff right now. But I also go to, I wouldn't tell you that I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. And today I'm anticipating his return. 
Come on, I am thankful that we have the promise that he will come back again for us. I don't have to live in fear. I don't have to live in worry. I don't have to live in doubt. Now, if I'm living in sin, there'll probably be some worry, some fear, and some doubt in my life. Uh, But I don't have to get all hokey-pokey feeling about the soon coming uh, of the Lord. I can get excited about the fact uh, that he promised in the book of John, he promised uh, his disciples uh, that he would come again. And so today I celebrate uh, the fact uh, that he did not come yesterday, so that means I'm one day closer. Closer to eternity with him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, we see this, this eternity stuff scares us. Uh, this eternity stuff really blows our mind. But when we, whenever we truly grasp uh, the words of the old song, this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. Uh, my treasures should really be laid up somewhere beyond the blue skies in another world and another heaven that we read about uh, in the book of Revelation. A city, a new Jerusalem where God's chosen people who have not just uh, the lineage of the Jews, his people, but also the lineage of Jesus Christ and his blood flowing through our veins. That's why we have royal blood flowing through our veins because his blood flows through our veins. But I don't have to live in fear because he is coming again and he's coming for you and I. He is coming for a church and I am glad to be a part of the church today. I'm not just talking about 1612 Oddfellow. I'm not just talking about Conroe United Pentecostal Church. I'm talking about the church that was born with the blood of Jesus. I'm thankful to be a part of that church because he's coming to rapture the church. That's why it's important to be a part of a church. That's why we're glad that you're here. Not so we can have fancy things and live good life, but we're happy that you're here because we're not living for this world. My wife and I announced this week that we're beginning the process of building a house, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise, or the Lord don't come back. But if the Lord comes back, I will never be happier to have never lived in that house that we've been dreaming and praying about. I will be happy that he came back. This world is not my home. I don't live according to this world. I don't think according to this world. I don't invest my money according to this world. I invest every part of my being according to the fact that he is coming again and that life will last forever and this life is just a vapor. Life is just a, it's just a vapor. It's here today and it's gone tomorrow. But when we get to the other side, when he begins, when we stand in that line and Peter begins to go through those books, of, it's not just one book, it is books of life. That means there's a lot of people going to heaven. Go read Revelation. Go read about it. It's an incredible thing. Amen. Go, go. Scripture says you're you're wise if you just go read the book of Revelation, but go read about it. And that is our hope that he's coming back for us. I got to hurry. I got to hurry. I got to hurry. So Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. I go to prepare a place for you. I will come again and I receive you unto myself that where I am there you may also be. So he was telling them, look, I'm going to heaven and I'm coming back to you so that there will no longer be a void of your presence and my presence. Yes, my presence is there because I'm omnipresent and my spirit lives in you, but we will be at the same location in the same place. When he comes back and whether I go, you know, and the way you will also know this statement spurred many questions for the disciples. You can go read this whole chapter of John chapter 14. Jesus attempted to answer their questions. Thomas, 
of course, had to ask some questions. Why? Because he was Thomas and he liked to doubt. And then Philip uh, began to ask some questions. Uh, and this is, what Je- uh, this is what Jesus replied to some of Philip's uh, questions. Uh, John chapter 14, uh, verses 18 and 19. Finally, Jesus said, in other words, uh, Jesus said, I'm, I, look, Philip, uh, look, y'all have asked enough questions. I've said enough things. Uh, finally, this is what I'm going to say. Uh, and we're going to leave it at this. And we got to move and we got to do some other things. Things. I, I will not leave you comfortless. I will not leave you in doubt. I, I will not leave you in worry. The Greek root word for that word comfortless uh, means I will not leave you fatherless. Uh, I will not leave you alone. I will not leave you unprotected, uh, but I will be your protector. Uh, I will fight your battles. Uh, I will be your peace in times of war. I will be your understanding in times uh, of no understanding. I will not leave you comfortless. Uh, I will come to you yet in just a little while and the world seeth me no more but you see me because I live and you live also what Jesus was saying is that you might not be able to see me but I will not leave you rest assured church family you might not be able to see him in your circumstance this morning but that does not mean that the God of all glory and the God of all creation and the God of all heavens uh, is not present with you uh, for just as he told the disciples uh, I will not leave you uh, I will comfort you uh, I will give comfort to the comfortless uh, I will give hope uh, to the hopeless uh, and I've come on Pentecost Sunday morning uh, in 2018 uh, to tell somebody uh, that the power of the Holy Spirit uh, is still alive and at work uh, in this world uh, and in this room uh, and in this church uh, and you don't have to live according to your problems anymore. You can live free. You can live delivered. You can live sanctified. You can live justified. You can live whole because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Give him praise this morning, church family. Come on, somebody. We're talking about Jesus. The propitiation of our sins. Propitiation. This wasn't in my notes. I told Monday night Bible study that y'all were going to hear me talk about this. Uh, propitiation is just the nature of God that allows him to be merciful and forgive us. You can read about it in Romans 5 and Romans 3. You can read about it in 2 John. You can read about it uh, all through the epistles. Uh, you can read about that. Uh, I'm thankful for the propitiation of Jesus Christ. That is the nature of God that allows him to forgive us. Uh, but I'm thankful that I can be justified back to his forgiveness. I am justified because he forgave me. I am righteous because he forgave me. I'm not saved because of who I am or what I do. I am saved because of who he is and what he did on Calvary. And 50 days later, after that Calvary, after he walked the world for 40 days with his disciples and then he ascended into the heavens, he said, I will not leave you alone but I shall return and in a prayer meeting he did return and he filled them and he didn't stop with the 120 he's still filling people today and are you thankful to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost (laughs) 
Now fast forward after the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ to Acts chapter 1 verse 4 through 9 and being assembled together with them, speaking of Jesus with, with the disciples and with the believers, he commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. But he said, wait for the promise. Of the Father, that same promise that He gave them in John chapter 14, that He would not leave them comfortless. Wait for that promise. Wait for it. Wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, speaking of Jesus, talking, ye have heard of me talk about. He's referencing his own words in John 14 here. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence from now. Not many days from this day you will be baptized. They were anticipating, they were anticipating that day, but today, May 20th, 2018. We don't have to live and wait in anticipation. We can receive His Spirit today. If you're lost today, I've got good news. Salvation is here. If you're confused today, I've got good news. The Comforter is here. Can you give Him praise for that? Let me calm down because you're not with me yet. So let me calm down. Hopefully you'll get with me the next few minutes. Because it's hot up here under these lights. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom? So still, they haven't got it. They just, you just resurrected yourself from the dead a few days ago. And they're still confused about who Jesus is. And today, most Jews are still waiting on their Messiah, not recognizing that Jesus is their Messiah. He said unto them, it is not for you to know the time or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. Everybody say Holy Ghost. After the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses. In other words, after you have been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you have no option. It is a part of your DNA because of my blood is now in you. My blood that I shed for you is now in you and you are a new creature. You have been renewed by, by your mind, by your thinking. Everything about you is different. You now have the nature of me and that nature is to seek and to save that which is lost. That means we invite people to small groups. That means we invite people to church. That means we do this. Why? Because it is the nature of God and I have his nature according to his spirit living in me. That's why we're a growing church. Not because of a system or a plan or a philosophy or some strategy that we have implemented, but we are growing because we have got back to the book and we recognize that when we seek his face and when we lift him up, the prophet said all All men shall be drawn unto him, unto me. All it takes is lifting up Jesus above your problems and you will be saved. All it takes is a little bit of worship above your problems and you will receive the revelation of the oneness of the Godhead. Baptism in Jesus' name, not the titles. You will receive all these revelations and you will live a new life and a free life. And is anybody thankful that you have experienced that in your life? Stand with me this morning. And while 
they looked into the heavens after Jesus had just told them about this power from on high coming down to them. They looked into the heavens because as Jesus was saying this, he was floating, ascending, going to another world. And confusion set in. While they looked into the heavens, two angels appeared and said, Why stand you gazing here? He just told you what to do. He just told you how to live. He told you that he's coming. He's told you that he will not leave you comfortless. He knew how you would feel in this moment. And that's why he expected you to do what he just told you to do. And from here, the disciples journeyed to the upper room. Scripture says it was a Sabbath journey. It was a seven-day journey. And then they were in that upper room for three days, praying and fasting and believing for what God would do. So a total of 10 days. And then that's when we find ourselves at our text. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all of the house where they were sitting. And there had appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it sat upon each and every one of them. And they were all filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. That is what Pentecost is, church family. Pentecost is not a name on the sign. Pentecost is not a religion or denomination in which we affiliate ourselves with. But Pentecost is the fact that I have been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ and his blood is applied to my life. And they were in one place. Everybody say one place. They were in one mind. Everybody say one mind. No one was thinking about their jobs. Nobody was thinking about what they had to do the next day. Nobody was thinking about their problems. They were all thinking Jesus made us a promise and we believe he is going to fulfill his promises to us. And we read in the book of Acts that he did fulfill his promise and that ought to be good news to you that he will fulfill his promises to you. But I wonder this morning what would happen since we are in one place together but if we could get in one mind there was no limit to what could happen in this room there was no limit to what he could deliver you from there was no limit to the cancer that God can heal from your body there was no limit to what God can do and it gets quiet because now it's time to act it's time to act right now preachers close and now it's time for us to respond and will we respond like they did in the upper room I'm telling you, we need to respond like they did in that upper room. If we could get in one mind in this room today, the spirit would fall in this house and it would start a movement in your family that you have not even dreamed of. It would start, help me Holy Ghost this morning. It would start something in your mind and something in your career and something in your finances that you are not creative enough to dream or plan or conjure up. But the gift of the spirit in you would change your circumstance. I've come to tell you this morning that you've been fighting about for a long time but in a moment the battle can change in the moment the tide of the battle can change in a moment you can be delivered in a moment you can be set free in a moment your life can change in a moment your loved one can be saved I'm here preaching to you today about a God that still saves so today just isn't a normal day today's Pentecost look at your neighbor and say it's Pentecost 
I feel like I'm trying to drag you right now. Look at your neighbor and say, it's Pentecost. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm Pentecostal. Pentecostal people do Pentecostal things. I'll say it again. Pentecostal people do Pentecostal things. Humans do human things, right? Mothers uh, do motherly things, right? You mothers can do things that uh, just a uh, Kayla can grab a spoon and reach 20 feet to, it seems like 20 feet to the back of that Yukon and whap young Elder Presley right on the side of the head. Uh, she got that go-go gadget arm, just reach around corners and does all. Why? Because she has the nature of a mother. We're serving a God who has the nature of a father and he wants good things for his children. It is not his will for you to suffer. It is not his will for you to perish. It is not his will for you today to live in confusion. It is his will for at 1612 Oddfellow Street in Conroe, Texas for somebody to get saved and delivered today. And does anybody want to see it? If you believe it, could you just come with me around the front this morning and lift your voice and lift your hands and experience a little Pentecost on your own. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Come on, lift your voice this morning. Lift your voice this morning. Come on, lift your voice this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, it's it's your part of the service. What are you going to do with this power? What are you going to do with this promise, church family? I challenge somebody to step out in faith this morning and respond to the moving of the Spirit in your life. There ought to be nobody looking around right now. You should just be examining your heart. This ought to be a moment where you examine your heart. God, what do you want in me and how can I help you accomplish it? Lord, if I have sin in my life, I'm asking you to forgive me. God, if there's imperfections in me that I cannot get out by myself, I'm asking you to forgive me, Jesus. Can we all lift our hands and just pray a prayer of repentance right now across the building? Come on, somebody. Lift your voice to Jesus this morning. I haven't preached to you this morning so you can just hear me preach. The purpose of me preaching is to get you in contact with a God who wants to save you and turn your situation around. And this is your moment. This is your time. Now he is ready. Now he wants to move on your behalf. In the name of Jesus. Christ, I'm free.